Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard, Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... It could be the last game of the season again. So what are we going to do here? Like... We've got Montreal, which is which is unbeaten when facing mm-hmm. elimination. Mm-hmm. By the way, yep. my favorite stat of all time. They are unbeaten when facing elimination. No crap. Because you know what happens if you if you lose <laughs> and you're not unbeaten when facing elimination? You're done. So it is the <laughs> stupidest stat of all time uh, when we're discussing playoffs. You will never hear me say it. Or if I do, I'll phrase it in a way of they have staved off elimination four times. Something like that. But uh, uh, I digress. We have Tampa Bay trying to avoid back-to-back losses for the first time since Mm -hmm. 1937, which is an incredible streak uh, for the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not having – and that that includes exhibition, regular season, and Stanley Mm -hmm. Cup playoffs. Yep. I have not lost back-to-back games since 1937. Uh, and then you have the fact that whoever scores first controls the game. And mm-hmm. this goes back to something that Ryan Wallace was on uh, early, especially in the uh, in the Vegas series, that Montreal is such a different team when they are able to score first. And we know what, what Tampa can do when they hit the board first. So there's a lot going into tonight. Will Montreal force a game six if they do not win when facing elimination? That's the first question. Um, you know, I like, okay, I I think that it's a ridiculous stat, too, because obviously they're still playing, so they've been very good in games yes. where they've faced elimination. Thank but you. four times, like, that's that's not insignificant, right? Like, the fact that they've been able to do it time and time again throughout these these playoffs is important. Though, in fairness, they, they did it in the first round, and they've done it here in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, they didn't have to do it in the second round. They didn't have to do it in the third round. Uh, so it, it's a little bit skewed in terms of what they've been able to do facing elimination. That all being said, um, it's amazing to me that the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning can be undefeated since 1937 uh, yeah. in, in losing back-to-back games because that predates them as a franchise, and it that does. right there is a Chris Chapman stat. So um, I don't know what's going to give tonight. I did ask on Twitter what the consensus Ooh. is among fans of who of what will happen tonight. Will Montreal force a game six? And the early returns on that are not very good for the Montreal Canadiens. Okay, what, what was the participation on that poll? And I ask you that question so, because it, it mm-hmm. leads to how much we're kind of following along here. So right now that that poll is at about 250 votes and it's been up for about an hour. So we'll we'll direct people to at Ryan Hockey Guy if you'd like to vote on the poll 
we can keep an eye on it until puck drop. But right now it's 70% say, 77% saying no, the Canadians will not force a game six. 23% saying yes, they will. Okay, so the people are in favor of a Tampa Bay victory tonight, believing that yes. the Lightning will win its third Stanley Cup in franchise history. The Montreal Canadiens, I don't think, have played as well as we've seen them. There was, there was a great second game, but mm-hmm. the consistency that you watched for seven straight games in which they won uh, through the the first round rally against the Toronto Maple Leafs and then the uh, the second round sweep of the Winnipeg Jets like they were on another level uh, can they use the confidence from the win to force this game tonight and make it into something and I, I think it's there I really do believe that there's another level for Montreal to play against this this very powerful offensive team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. What what I think is interesting and the way that I'm going to approach it is is the way that you approach things last round for the Golden Knights in that if you win game 6 because Pete DeBoer is undefeated in game 7 yeah. you you know that you're you're in a in a really good spot. For the Montreal Canadiens, if you win tonight, and based on everything that you've told me about ghosts that don't exist, uh, it's not like Tampa's going to be able to go to Montreal and win Game 6. So if if the Canadians can win tonight, it's essentially setting up a Game 7, right? Like, that's where we're all Mm -hmm. understanding this series is going to go, because the ghosts just simply won't allow another team to celebrate in Montreal a Stanley Cup. I just want to clarify something for listeners who are popping into the program and maybe haven't been part of the discussion over the last few days. <laughs> I believe in the ghosts of the Montreal Canadiens, and you just mm-hmm. said ghosts that don't exist. Uh, yes. You're adding that you believe they don't exist. I am on board yes. that they do uh, play a role in this series. Uh, we didn't get that game seven that I talked about with Pete no. DeBoer. In, in the third round, that two-for-one BOGO in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Uh, mm-hmm. If you get it tonight, then you trot out a little more pageantry in the Bell Center. You get a few more people. By the way, more than 3,500 people the other night. Can I just say that? <laughs> and and if you're going to... Do, you, do if, you have Do you have an official number? No, but if you're going to do it... If you're gonna do it, go all the way. Like, don't. I go, agree. It, it, it seats about twenty-one thousand people if you if you jam the place. Uh, yeah. If you're gonna do it, don't go. Don't go eight or nine, which is what I believe were there uh, for game mm-hmm. number four. Go all the way. And there's and who's gonna like who's gonna be the person to go in there and shut them down? Nobody. <laughs> And and in game six, yeah. Here here's the other thing. In mm-hmm. game six, yeah. it'll be the last game played. Fingers crossed. Touching wood. Chapman, get over here so I can tap your head. Uh, it'll be the last <laughs> game played in the COVID environment in Canada. Yeah. So, like, what are they going to do to you in game six? If Montreal wins tonight, they'll be hanging mm-hmm. from the Patrick Wall banner. Uh, Inside that building uh, for game number six. 
if they if they squeezed eight nine in and said there was three and change uh, for for game mm-hmm. four, uh, it'll be jam packed for for game six. So that's uh, and and then like that'll create a different uh, challenge. I, I think Montreal, the easy choice here, the easy statement, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay rolls them. I think Montreal's yep. got it in them to win this game tonight. I, I believe that they have a chance. Right now, all I want is for the Canadians to win this game to set up a game six in which the the Bell Center is at capacity and we're still being told that it's 3,500 3, people in the stands. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to see that. Like, I would love to see a packed Bell Center and it's just uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, it's just uh, capacity, 3,500 fans, and they sound like 35,000. That means here at the night's attendance at the Bell Center is a complete sellout <laughs> of 3,422. Thank you to the 21,000 people in attendance tonight. <laughs> they, they go down a little bit. That would be, be fantastic. I, and, and you're right. Like, like You have that game. And then what? Like you're not coming back for game eight. No, they can't you know shut. I mean? They like, can't. They can't just shut matter. you down for later on in the playoffs. They can fine you. Yeah, exactly. Sure. That, that fine would be well worth it, I think. And how many? How many of those famous hot dogs care. are they selling that night? Shensho. Is that what they call Shensho. How yeah. many? You you don't know anything about the hot dog. No, no, no. I don't even. What's Shensho? What does that mean? It's a it's a hot dog. But I'm I'm like you just. The other day off the air, you were asking, is that better than a Winnipeg hot dog? No, I was asking you on the air, wasn't I? I can't remember. Ah. It, it all bleeds together. I thought it was off the <laughs> no, air. it was I'm, all off the air. I, I, I have trouble believing that we would have had two conversations about hot dogs yeah. on the air in one week. <laughs> I, I think that we're a better program than that. So, uh, But but maybe we're not. Maybe we're, we're, we're not. Uh, look up Montreal Canadian hot dogs. You, you offered us a stat the other day through Wikipedia. And yet you're not, you're not doing this. I I could take on Joey Chestnut if they were the the hot dogs from no, the media couldn't. room at the Montreal uh, at the Bell Center. So a Montreal hot dog, aka a steamy, is mm-hmm. that, is that what we're talking about here? Okay, is a staple of fast food restaurants and diners in Montreal and other parts of Quebec. Mm-hmm. The hot dog buns. Where generally, are you reading this from? Wikipedia, <laughs> of course. My goodness. The hot dog buns generally used in restaurants are top-loading New England-style hot dog buns. Oh, that's what they make lobster rolls with. Yes. Oh, oh my they're like, god. They're like folded. They're not a real like roll. Oh or, my god. Or hot dog. Okay, we we need to open the border because I need to take a trip to Montreal. <laughs> I need to try one of these hot dogs. They won't let you in. Hey, they've let me no, in a couple times. I'll tell you. <laughs> in in in. In understanding, like in seeing the pictures of the hot dogs, in understanding what the buns look like, I I would I, I would I would want to put that on my bucket list for sure. Uh, honestly, the, watch a game in Montreal. The the, the physical appearance of them I think is underwhelming, but the taste yeah they so don't look all, great. They but have the, delivery of them. They have the a couple bread. different uh, varieties. They have the all dressed style. Usually a steamy is topped with mustard, chopped onions, relish, and fresh mm-hmm. coleslaw. Or plain chopped cabbage, chou in French. However, sauerkraut or coleslaw hey. of the creamy variety is rarely used. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Like they come in a couple of different varieties, like all dressed. Michigan hot dog. Isn't dogs? that just your own mm-hmm. your own flavor? 
of, wait, of hot dog. Like, what, like I, I'll I'll put on this. I'll put. On, wait, I didn't wait, know they wait. came all dressed. A hot dog topped with meat, chili sauce, or spaghetti sauce. Wait, spaghetti sauce on a hot dog? Diced onions and mustard. That's the Michigan dog. Chapman, 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 Chapman. Chapman. Yes. You're reading this on Wikipedia. Okay. So so there's there's a good chance seventy percent of what you're. Going through. We're talking about Montreal hot dogs, and you're going through the Michigan variety. LaFleur restaurant serves one with yep. cheese and bacon. I'm so there. It's, I am so there. It's possible that I spent a little bit of time updating Wikipedia yeah. last night. All did, did Chris Chapman score the game-winning goal in the 95 Stanley Cup final yet? <laughs> the series clinching No, no, goal? no, but no. you're talking about Michigan dogs. Yes, so there's the, Montreal. Uh, there's been some funny Wikipedia adjustments when when trades are made or coaches are let go, and somebody jumps on Wikipedia and and changes things right away. I give those people a lot of credit, and because you know they're for focused, a, yeah, and you know that they're getting a Chapman out there somewhere to bite on that stuff, <laughs> absolutely to bite on on, on that stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll, look, Montreal can't. Can't take as many penalties as they did the other night. That's just, and I'm not sure you can play as physical as they did the other night. And they were physical. They were in the heads of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. hearing footsteps. And that's not meant to be a shot at the Tampa Bay Lightning because John Cooper's club stood up to the New York Islanders. They did a great job Mm -hmm. in that series. I don't think they, they were backing down in game four against the Montreal Canadiens, but they were hearing footsteps. And if Montreal can do that again, but avoid taking the minor penalties that they did, then they've got a real shot. You can't take as many minor penalties as they did the other night and expect to win. That's just not possible against that that hockey club without power play. You're 100% on the money. It's going to be a delicate balance for the Canadians to play a physical, punishing brand of hockey tonight in game number five, but staying disciplined and not taking penalties. Because while you get that big kill at the end of the game and really into overtime to allow the Canadians to come back and win that game, Uh, you can't rely on your penalty kill to be able to shut things down against Tampa. As good as Tampa is, as many weapons as they have, it's just the law of averages that if you continue to put them on the power play, they're going to find goals. So um, I I don't know if the physicality is going to be where it was in in game four, but I, I do think it needs to be there and you can live with a couple of penalties, but but it can't be you can't send Tampa to the to the power play five times. You just can't do it. You're not going to win the game that way. Will Montreal push early, or do you ease into the game? And the reason I ask, will you push early, is because that first goal has been the difference. It's, it's a guarantee. It's like uh, '90s hockey uh, and in the early 2000s. First goal wins. It wasn't even a game to three. It was yeah. a game to two. Uh, first goal wins, and and away you go. Do you do you put extra emphasis? Like, do you shorten your bench considerably in the first ten minutes tonight to try and push for that first goal, or do you play your regular game? If I'm the Canadians, I push for that first goal. I think it's so vitally important to their chances of winning the game. 
I look at the way they play, how they can protect the lead, just how much more confidence they play with than when they've got a lead. It's so important. And, and when it comes to Tampa, like I have full faith in that team and their ability to come back from any deficit, whether that, whether or not they score the first goal of the game, I don't think it really matters as much as it does to, to the Canadians. So if I'm Montreal, I come out and I try to turn the positive from winning in overtime in game four into a 10-minute blitz to start the game and trying to get that first goal. Tampa Tampa could shorten the bench and go hard too, right? They could they could mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. double down. And they, they like Braden Point... I think I heard that he hadn't scored since he hasn't done anything since game one. Stamkos, you can make the statement in this series uh, compared to last year's final, had more of an impact last year when he came off the the bench yeah. and, and and scored the goal. Like it's been for all that's gone right for Tampa. There's a few guys that need to get it going a little bit in this series, and mm-hmm. like the, I still I do believe that Montreal has a much higher level to go. But when when you compare it to how how Tampa's played from their stars, Montreal probably deserves a little bit more out of this set. Yeah, I, I think you're you're probably not far off there. Um yeah, Steven Stamkos hasn't been really a, a factor or much of a force in this series. Braden Point hasn't scored. Nikita Kucherov's been making amazing plays it's just the finish right now isn't there from the best players on the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning uh and you you've got contributions from the Pat Maroons and the Barkley Goodrows and Anthony Sorelli's been good like that's what makes Tampa so dangerous is the fact that they're up three to one in this series and they haven't had one of those like monumental games from a Kucherov or a Stamkos or a point and I guess if if that's one thing to be wary of if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, it's that at any point in time, those three players right. can turn it on, take over a game, and win you the series. It was like uh, Carey Price. He didn't mm-hmm. He yeah. didn't win Montreal that series against Vegas. And he was taking some heat after the first three games against Tampa Bay in the final. But he managed to put up a vintage Carey Price game. And you wonder not if, but when it's going to happen. Well, it happened. Mm-hmm. Same thing can be said about that Kucherov unit. Not, not if, but when are they going to get hot? When are they going to go? Stamkos, same thing. Boy, did he have some looks in the power play the other night. And mm-hmm. and I yeah. thought he was going to bank. I think he was trying to bank it in short side off Carey Price off the one timer. Uh, but yeah. but the, uh, but he had some 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 good looks. So what? What happens? The goaltending in this series, you could say both goaltenders have stolen one game. Uh, mm-hmm. Game two for Vasilevsky, game four for Carey Price. The other two have been depth depth wins by by the uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now where do, where does this series go? And and if Tampa Bay does win, where does that put them? They, they, they'd be the second team in the salary cap era to win back to back. John Cooper mm-hmm. uh, would be the the second coach to to coach back to back champions. Like there's there's a lot going on. Uh, I was watching a, a little vignette on the 2006 Tampa Bay Lightning team that won, be Calgary, even though Calgary actually kind of won the series earlier. Uh, 
but the video review wasn't there uh, at, at the time. Anyway, I digress. You look at the players on that team, and you go, yeah. how, how did that team not win more? This team, this Tampa Bay team, yeah. at Chicago won, what, three and six? And Gary Bettman confirmed that that's a modern-day dynasty by the Chicago Blackhawks winning three and six. Uh, this, this may be right up there with, with that team. Uh, the, are they better than the Pittsburgh team that won back to back? Probably the depth wise, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh got a lot out of their team, but there was uh goaltending turnover. Like there, this, you've got the best player, uh, in, at his position and goal. You have arguably the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. And you can make a case that next year Nikita Kucherov is a handful of players that could challenge without making it things up and saying, if this goes, if this happens, if that happens, you could make a case that Nikita Kucherov could challenge Connor McDavid for, for best player. I think it's it's mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard, but when like Pittsburgh didn't have that, this team has that. Are people that are either are or in the conversation for best player at forward, defense, and goal. You're, I mean, this is a team for me in, in the Tampa Bay Lightning that I think should be the favorites to win next year as well. Like, you know who I the favorite is next year? You're. It's the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and, you, and and Vegas is too. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, which is interesting for you know different reasons. But I, I mean, like I, I look at I look at Tampa, I look at the fact that Nikita Kucherov did not play in the regular season this year, and I look at if they end up winning the Stanley Cup, I think that's going to end up being one of those blessings in disguise for Nikita Kucherov and and for the Lightning because. That's some wear and tear that that's not on the body, and and you would expect that he's going to be very very good. It's also going to be a team that's going to need to make some moves because uh, while you never want to play an entire season without your best player, the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't have Nikita Kucherov, and it it helped them keep the band together yep. as best they could, as most they could. That's not going to be the case this time uh, for next season because they're already over the salary cap. And they've only got 19 players signed for next season. So there's going to have to be some moves. There's going to be players that are on this team that are not going to be there next season. But there season was last the year, Tampa too. Lightning. Like Kevin Shattenkirk yes, moved but, on. And... Yes, 100%. But at the same time, it, it, it wasn't the the depth that we thought it was going to be when when you were facing a prospect of having a team with Nikita Kucherov through the regular season, mm-hmm. right? Like that turned out to be more or less found money. And and that that enabled Julian Brisebois to add at the deadline to fortify this team for another run. And I just I, I don't know what is going to be extracted from this team for next year. But if you can kind of go around the edges and you can figure out a way uh, to keep the identity the same. And I think you will. And Nikita Kucherov's another year better. And Steven Samkos uh, is, is now a, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. If it goes that way, then I think the sky's the limit for this team. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be 
um, an easy out next year either. I, I think they're they, they're probably going to be right where they are this time next year. Tyler Johnson's money's probably coming off the cap. He's got five million left for the next three years. He was on yeah. waivers. He was on waivers a couple of times this year. Nobody grabbed him. Crazy. Crazy. And, and because the cap was so mm-hmm. tight, like everything right. backed up. Uh, but you could have had him for free. Paul Byron, you could have had him for free. That's yep. the, the we're talking impactful players in the Stanley Cup playoffs who could have been had for nothing this mm-hmm. year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But but I would think Tyler Johnson is is picked up in the in the expansion draft or some kind of expansion draft transaction being from the Northwest and $5 million, still a, a very good player. Uh, that'll be tough for John Cooper. They've been together a long time, those two, uh, from their times in the, uh, in the American Hockey League to now. Uh, but when you, when you look at, at, so $5 million comes off the cap, that helps them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, like, nobody. Well, Barkley Goodrow is a UFA. Yeah. Blake Coleman is a UFA. What do you like? What do you do? What what do you what do you do with those two players? Because they've been so instrumental in helping this team win last year and on the cusp of winning this year. Like, I can't imagine you're not making a, a you're not trying to find a way to get those two players back. Well, you got to get them to take hometown discounts. That that's what you it, have to do. It, and I think I think it it goes a long way in looking at. You know, the contract for Braden Point, the contract for Steven Stamkos, and, and Nikita Kucherov, when you look at the fact that he's making 9.5 for the type of player that he is, that is, in essence, a hometown discount. So, um, like, you know what Goudreau made I mean, this year? Sta- like, 850. <laughs> Maroon made nine. Maroon, Maroon made nine. And, and Maroon re upped. You, you got to get those players to, to come in. They can't be making $2 million a year. That's no. that's tough to do. No. Uh, that's tough to sell, but that's what you, that's what you have to do. It, it, I mean, they're they're going to be a fascinating team, honestly. Like in terms of the, of this off season, in terms of what they look like coming back, I, I'm I'm very much interested to see how Julian Breezebois navigates this and and how much different this team looks next year. But I still look I still look at them, and when you've got one of the best defensemen, if not the best defenseman in the world, you've got the best goalie in the world, and you've got the player that is closest to Connor McDavid in terms of best player in the world. I like your chances every single year. David Savard probably comes off the cap. He was acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, understated, too. We we talk all about their forwards, but David Savard's done a mm-hmm. really nice job uh, coming over for the yep. Columbus Blue Jackets. They'll expect somebody like Cal Foot to step up. Uh, a top prospect. I think there's more wiggle room there uh, to keep that uh, that together. And they and, and I'm not. I don't really know where this stands, but I'll say it. <laughs> they won in the bubble in a shortened season. Now it wasn't a 50 game season, but they won in the bubble in a shortened season. Then they had some some time off. And came back and played a 56-game season. Jam-packed 56-game season. But one of their superstars 
didn't play at all. So they, they'll have been to two finals in a row, maybe back-to-back championships, and not have played a full 82-game season. Does that position them even better to make this a longer run? I don't know because of like, the stress of what we've all been through as human beings is palpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid. I may take the rest of this show off after this segment just because I'm that afraid. <laughs> but in an athlete standpoint, does that help Tampa Bay a little bit from uh, a load management standpoint? Yeah, I, I think it kind of speaks to the idea of Nikita Kucherov missing the the 56-game season, and those are 56 games that are not on the body of Nikita Kucherov come next year in an 82-game season where you're looking to continue this high level of success. You look at Steven Stamkos, though hurt in the bubble um, and and obviously needed time to recover, but that's that's part of a playoff run that, that he didn't have wear and tear on his body. Like, I... I don't know if the fact that the, these two seasons are shortened are going to impact or, or have any kind of carryover to Tampa Bay's uh, chances next season in terms of, of getting back to the Final Four, getting back to the Stanley Cup Final. But, um, I mean, anytime you you can kind of eliminate a number of games from, from being played – a number of miles from being put on the body. I think it's probably a good thing, especially when you've got players that are in their prime or approaching the back end of their prime um, to continue to play at a high level. You know who, uh, who wasn't very good for them this year and didn't earn their $1.7 million contract or salary? Who's that? Vincent LeCavalier. <laughs> no, he's on the on the on the hook for another six years. That doesn't count against the cap because it came in before the the new rules. But he's yeah. he's still on the hook yeah. for one point. He makes one point seven. He's on the Bobby Bonilla plan uh, from the New York Mets. That's, That's amazing. Player Vanilla Cavalier. Yeah. love that guy. So here's uh, here's some. Did I ever tell you my uh, Vincent Lecavalier uh, story about what he's doing now? Uh, so John Cooper, John Cooper wins the Stanley cup. I think I told you this, but if not, I'll, I'll repeat it anyway. Cause it's a good story. Uh, John Cooper wins the Stanley cup. He takes it to his 10 year olds. I don't, I think he's 10 years old son's, uh, hockey practice when they get their day with the cup and the coach for John Cooper's son's team says, do you mind if I have the cup for a couple of minutes? I've never seen my name on it. John Cooper's, the coach of John Cooper's son's team is Vinny LeCavalier. Mm-hmm. And he'd never, <laughs> he'd, he'd never been in, around the Stanley Cup since they won it in 2006 to actually see his name engraved on the Stanley Cup. So when John Cooper brought it really? to the rink, Vinny LeCavalier got to see the Stanley Cup, his name on it, uh, for the first time. Kind of cool. Give him yeah, back. That's wild. And I can't remember the Tampa Bay player the other day that threw a stick over the glass at practice. LeCavalier was at the practice at the morning skate. And uh, one of the players, Braden Point or Goudreau, uh, threw a stick over to LeCavalier's son. So there's, there's all kinds of uh, little connections there with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But 
Kucherov didn't play at all this season. Uh, Cavalier didn't play at all this season during the regular season. Those are two star <laughs> players missing from the lineup, and they still managed to make the playoffs. That's impressive. There you go. That's a meandering story, wasn't it? I mean, it's a good story. The, yeah, it's the ending cool. was a little a little rough. Meandering. A little meandering. Uh, when we continue, ghosts, get into that. Plus, Gosh. Uh, you're, you're the Buffalo Sabres connection to this show. I had a conversation yes. with their head coach today. I'll tell you about that. May have to Ooh. bring in some of the audio uh, later on this week uh, to play. Because we talked about your, your buddy Jack Eichel. And uh, where that goes. So uh, we'll get into uh, that side of it as we roll on on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. For listeners tuning in live, like right now, and when I say that, I mean like right now, not later on in the podcast right now, but right now. Uh, you heard that commercial, and it's been played coming back from break. The last commercial, every show, every break for the last like two weeks, the big softball game. Riley Smith against uh, Marcus Allen. We, mm-hmm. We're going to have Riley Smith on the program. He'll join the program tomorrow in our number one, I believe, uh, to chat about uh, yes. the VGK and uh, as well as about the, the big softball game. You ready to play softball? Can you play softball? You asking me? Yeah. I mean, I can hit a ball. Yeah. I know how to throw. Some people yes. can't. Pl- some people can't play. <laughs> I, I mean, I I understand that, and I like it. Always astounds me when I see uh, people that can't play or can't throw a baseball um, in certain applications. It uh, it's it's astounding. It really is. But uh, no, I I can play. I can play softball. Nice. I can play baseball. I can play yeah that that little softball game we went to it two years ago and it was it was a lot of fun it was i mean i was amazed at how many players legitimately hit like actual home runs like i think it was ryan reeves hit one off of city national arena like he if, if if you've been out to the ballpark you know what i'm talking about he hit it over the left field wall and it hit off the arena that's probably because well, f- they've taken away the sticky substance from the pitchers, right? <laughs> well, probably, yeah. <laughs> Just look at Garrett Cole's numbers since yeah. then. But I mean, he—he—that's probably 500 feet that he hit that thing. I mean, I he think you should open tomorrow uh, with. I I went to the game two years ago and I actually had fun. I think that's the way you should open with uh, with with Riley Smith tomorrow. It's it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and the Raiders cheated, by the way. But how did they cheat? They they batted out of order cheat? multiple times. They had uh, guys didn't hit some of their players that weren't were, very were good. You, were you actually paying attention to that? No, I was I was I was paying attention to a couple of other things going on, but uh But how do you know they, they hit well, out of because order? Because I, I I multitask. I'm a, I, I grew up around baseball. You know so, what? He, so I'm able to he pay had his scorecard out. <laughs> and I love oh. one of the things I love doing is going to a ball game and keeping mm-hmm. score. I had my Steve Bartman headphones on listening I, to it. I do that every now and then where I'll keep score. I, I, I love baseball and I love keeping the score. I wouldn't do it for a charity softball game, but it sounds like you did it. <laughs> my, 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 believe it or not, my first radio job was actually working for a uh, AAA baseball team. So, so. Who, how do you figure out that they were hitting out of order? Because I could pay attention. I could see that. I could see that, like, one guy who – there was an inning where the Raiders had, like, four 
defensive linemen all come up and hit. And then the next inning, those same four guys came up and hit. Hmm. Yeah, Marcus Allen probably he 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 cheated. What position what position in football do you think would make the best baseball player? I think it ah uh, man. I think with the way you know, the, I'm going to I'm going to say wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I I yeah. think with the way the game is going, there's so many athletic tight ends. Like I think of a guy like Rob Gronkowski and his brother actually played minor league baseball, so I, so I know it's in the family. I well, think Tebow plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I think tight ends, just because they're so and athletic. Tebow's a tight end now. Yeah, yeah. And Tebow was actually, you know, people rag on him, but he was actually a, a lot better of a baseball player than I think people gave him credit for. I mean, I played in double A. That's not that's not chump change. You got to be really, really good to get to double A. You got to be amazing to get to the majors. But really, really good is, is, is well. But he was supposed to be really, really good, though. Yeah, well, he That's was really, problem. really good. <laughs> so compared to being what he was expected to be and really, really good, he was really, was, really was bad. He, I don't know if he was expected to be a major league player. Man, the Mets signed him with the hope that he would be, but he hadn't played since high school. Do you? Are you just making this stuff up about no. Tim Tebow being a really good baseball no, player? No, listen, wait, to, Michael, that's the thing. Like, everyone mocks Michael Jordan. Oh, he only got to double A. Do you know how good you have to be to he play? He was terrible. But to play double A baseball, do you know how good you have was, to be? Well, only because they he wouldn't go to single A. I think he did start in single A. Like, there's no. I don't think he, he started in, in, in Birmingham, did he? I don't remember if he started in Birmingham. But <clears throat> but nonetheless, to, to, to play double A, you got to be really, really good. Like, come on. What's like below double A is like. Arizona Fall League or Summer Ball or something <laughs> like that. I, when you're talking about a professional athlete and supposed to be uh, a major league player, double A is about as low as you can go. I, I, I will say this. I had a very good friend. I'm still friends with him to this day. He was a first-round draft pick of the Milwaukee Brewers. Left-handed pitcher threw 98 miles an hour in high school. He couldn't get out of high A. Well, I mean, that's, that's granted. Maybe he, he was really right-handed. That could have, maybe he was, yeah, I'll have to ask him. Be like, JM, you still throwing, you throwing underhanded guys when you were in high desert? But, okay, uh, that doesn't make any sense. If you can throw close to 100 miles per hour. He, he, guys hit him. And you're a left-handed. I mean, he, they, they could hit his stuff. Needed some of that sticky stuff. He probably did. <laughs> so you you think tight end would be the best baseball I player? tight ends, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those guys are generally the best athletes on the the way it is now in the NFL. I think they're generally the best athletes on the team. What about you, Ryan? I'm talking about this softball I, I game. Like we got we got into this the, the softball game. This Riley's and Riley will join us yeah. tomorrow. Uh, see if he's mm-hmm. been working on his his swing. It's all all for charity. Uh, I talked to uh, Derek England a little while ago, just shooting the breeze, and uh, mm-hmm. and he said he struggled a little bit uh, hitting the, hitting the baseball. So I, you know, I, I, I don't recall that. Um, I do recall. And we'll this check is out the, uh, this is Chapman's like the, scorecard. No, no, no. Like I, I don't need to do that. I, I don't. Listen, I go to when I, whenever I go to a baseball game, I go to just enjoy the moment. So I don't fill out a scorecard. I don't do any of that. I bring a glove. I want to catch a ball. I want to watch the. You game. take a glove. That's really, all that it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Really. I grew up that way. Come on, what are you talking about? Wow! Absolutely, I bring a glove. You don't bring yeah. your glove? No. Do you have a glove? 
Yeah. Why? Okay. Why don't you bring a glove? Uh, I'd probably lose it. <laughs> That's actually it? fair. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've seen your keychain. Yeah. Your keychain is so obnoxious, <laughs> and it's only obnoxious because you'll forget it. You'll lose totally. it if it's not as obnoxious as I'm it is. You, um, very few people will get this reference, but Schneider from One Day at a Time is envious of my keychain. That is a true fact. <laughs> I think you really dated yourself with that that show. Mm-hmm. Well, Was that I, Nell I, Carter, One Day at a Time? No. No. Okay. Uh uh, I, I have a big wallet and a big keychain, just so I don't forget mm-hmm. uh, e- either one of them. So you take your glove. Or do you sit in the outfield? Uh, well, um, I I have sat uh, more or less my entire life um, right in the middle of home plate and first base. Hmm. So that that's where. Like when I when I used to go to games at Dodger Stadium growing up as a kid, that's where our seats were. That's where I would take in games, um, and I've sat in and around the same area at LV Bar uh, at the LV Ballpark for Aviators games. So uh, it's a great spot. I love that location, and uh, it's nostalgic for me. It, it kind of takes me back to being a kid. Good for you. I think that's cool. Uh, we were at the uh, you know the British. Rock band royalty, British rock royalty, or whatever. Uh, how was that? It, it, was, I, it, it, it was, sounded it was cool. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, we were there, and Ghosh and Nighty, Shane, Shane took us. And Ghosh was up at the bar grabbing a beverage, and uh, a fan just came up and said, uh, Whenever you want seats, uh, we, we've got season tickets and stuff. So I'm, I'm going to hook my wagon to Ghosh and, and get down. They're right behind home plate. Those very, games very cool. are they're so much fun. Like like even back in the Cashman Field days, those games are always fun. A lot of runs scored, but man, Aviators games are cool. Like like that stadium is beautiful. The 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 mm-hmm. the, the whole organization and setup is first class. I mean, it's it's really really cool. Would you be nervous if playing in a charity softball game? I like would. That? I would. Yes, absolutely. Ryan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I I I'd be terrified. Um, to make a, an ass out of myself, really. Mm-hmm. That's that's as far as I'll go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. you, you know, you the team has faith in you if you if they make you the catcher in a charity softball game. <laughs> 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 they have a lot of a lot of faith in you uh, on that side. Uh, we've uh, we used up all our time for this segment. We're, we're going to get to the Buffalo Sabers thing in in just a little bit because I want to get uh, an opinion on a comment that was made regarding the future of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I also want to get your opinions on if the Golden Knights are far and away, when everything goes back to normal next year and the divisions are, like mm-hmm. Seattle comes in, Arizona moves over. Uh, uh, so we know what the Pacific Division is going to look like. It'll be uh, what we're familiar with. If Vegas is the best team, who's the next on that line of top compet- competition? In the division, uh, and it's it. We know it's going to be a drop off, or at this point appears to be a drop off. But who is that club? I don't think there's a consensus. We may, may in fact, have three different opinions. Uh, and if you want to chime in, uh, let us know on the uh, VGK. Uh, well, you can go right on the hockey guy on on Twitter or Darren Millard uh, on Twitter. Chapman, where are you? Magnum. Magnum one two three four five <laughs> seven zero two. <laughs> Magnum seven zero two. Uh, send us a, a note on Twitter. Uh, who's the best team outside of Vegas? 
in the Pacific Division. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Something about hockey watch parties. The VGK do it great. And when we're allowed to have tons of people together, the Toshiba Plaza, when it's jammed and it's rocking, is awesome. Winnipeg does a good job. Uh, Tampa does a really nice job. But if it's storming tonight, and it says right now it's raining, I just saw a picture, uh, uh, one of those beauty shots uh, come up on, on NHL Network. It didn't look like it was raining. Uh, but like, when we're talking tropical storm, back end of a hurricane, are you going to go to a watch party outside the rink? Well, I mean, yeah. Yes. You are a complete liar. Wouldn't you? No, yeah, you would. Yes, you would. Not a chance. They have, a, they have an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup tonight. Yeah. Yes. No. 100%. Yes. I am not standing in a hurricane. You're not for, committed for a hockey game, and I and I like the game. Come on, I like it a lot. Come on, but it's jammed out there. Come on, good on them. I'm spoiled. Yeah, you are. That's 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 about all I can say. And I'm soft, and I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> that's 100 percent accurate. Yep, uh, I would go not to the softball game though. Uh, I, I can't wait to, uh, to hear what Riley Smith has to say tomorrow about it. Who, who's in the lineup, and will he keep a closer uh, eye on the, yeah, he the better. Raiders Raiders lineup? Because he better. He should have protested. Chapman, you got to bring that up. To yeah, him, see he, if I, he saw it. He should have protested. Chapman, you need to try to convince Riley to let you be the manager. Oh my! Mm. God. You know what? He, I, you know what? Chapman looks like a baseball manager. <laughs> he does. He's got his, his beard. Right. He's got his little right. pot belly. Yeah, he's yep, got a little pot belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Chapman is would be a perfect baseball softball I'll, manager. I'll, I'll break out the Riley Smith 1987 satin Major League Baseball jacket. Little big league chew. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What, what number would you wear? You can't. You can't steal any of the players' numbers. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look and see what was left, but maybe maybe double zero. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to take a break off that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to get into trouble if I try and play off that at all. The VGK Insider Show coming back with our number two. What's happening in Buffalo? And a little bit more on the Stanley Cup final. It could end tonight. You're listening to Fox Sports Las Vegas.